welcome to the Sex Within Marriage podcast hosted by myself, JD, and UncoveringIntimacy.com, which is where I've been blogging about marriage and sexuality for the last seven years or so. And today we're going to be answering a bunch of readers' questions from the last month um, from our anonymous Have a Question page. I've been doing my best to keep up with the promise of doing a podcast every month um, because our supporters managed to hit our first support goal, and that was my commitment if we hit it. It's been a little difficult this month as we've been trying to reconfigure our lives a bit to get more exercising in. Um, My wife is training for a 13-kilometer Spartan obstacle course race in August, and I've been trying to train with her to help her keep going and stay motivated. It's been nice to kind of have a shared hobby to work on, and I actually managed to run for 20 minutes straight the other day without any stops, which I'm pretty proud of. But I have to start scheduling time for a podcast recording because it's getting harder and harder to just find time. Uh, as well, we're closing in on our next support goal, which means that uh, I have to move to weekly podcast episodes. Uh, that'll also mean tackling more than just our readers' questions, which I'm kind of excited to do again. Uh, I used to tackle a lot more stuff, and these days I seem to mostly only have time to answer questions. Um, But if you're interested in more frequent episodes and more topics, then check out our support page at uncoveringintimacy.com slash donate, as well as uh, our supporters get to discuss all the questions as they come in. A lot of their thoughts often make it into the podcast and the posts as well. And besides that, uh, we just have a great community there where we have lots of good discussions uh, about things that people don't usually get to talk about. So with that out of the way, uh, let's get on to the questions. So the first question is, uh, I'm wondering if I should be concerned if my wife is looking up ex-boyfriends online or on Facebook. One is no longer alive. I saw it on my family's computer, so it wasn't hidden and I wasn't snooping. snooping. I'm not sure how to feel about it, but I don't feel very good. Thanks. So I think if you don't feel good about it, it might be worth a discussion. Uh, I don't think that she's necessarily done anything wrong just by looking someone up. But your feelings about it should probably be explored and discussed. Uh, because if you don't discuss it, then you run into the danger of continuing to wonder and worry and perhaps even suspect wrongdoing uh, where there may be nothing. But if you have an open, honest, and non-confrontational discussion about it, then you can share how you feel and be either reassured that nothing, there's nothing to worry about, or if there is some temptation there, um, talking about it can help head it off. And these discussions... Uh, they can be difficult. Uh, there's a marriage researcher, uh, John Gottman, who suggests that if you're going to have difficult conversations, uh, one of the things that helps is called the soft opening, uh, which is that you lead with something um, that's reassuring or something that enforces your, how much you love them or that you care about them or somehow builds the relationship first before you going into the difficult thing. Uh, I heard this great, uh, one today on another podcast. Uh, it was foreplay radio, I think is what the podcast is called. And, uh, they were talking about a book. I don't remember what the book was called. I'm afraid. Um, but they said one way to start these dis- these types of discussions would be to open with, you know, this is the story I'm telling myself. So uh, if you're, the story you're telling yourself is, uh, I feel like you're looking at other people um, because you're unhappy with our relationship. Uh, so you say, this is the story I'm telling myself, you know, that I'm ha- I'm worried you're looking you're unhappy. Um, can you tell me what what's wrong with my story? 
So basically, it's not a confrontation saying they've done something wrong necessarily, but saying, this is how this is making me feel. Um, please tell me what what about my perspective is wrong so that I, I can feel better. And then they can, they can tell you, no, no, I was just, I was curious about something. I was just thought about them. I wanted to look up something, you know, or there's nothing wrong with their relationship. Or maybe they do say, yeah, I, I, I was angry about something and I started looking things up and I shouldn't be doing that. And then you can talk about that. But either way, uh, I think a discussion is probably, probably something good and healthy. So our next question is, uh, my wife was a swinger and had very many casual anonymous partners before we were married. She got saved and is fully forgiven of her past, but I sometimes wonder what side effects this has on our marriage that I don't fully understand. So unfortunately, our past sins often have repercussions beyond our conviction, repentance, and forgiveness. Um, that is that even though we've we've turned our life around, it doesn't mean our past doesn't inf- impact us. Um, that's unfortunately how sin works. For some, we find that uh, having a promiscuous past can have a negative impact on their view of sex. Uh, some husbands find this very frustrating as they know that other people have experienced a freer, uninhibited version of their wife. But by the time they got married, uh, in correcting their view of sex, their wife perhaps overcorrected a bit, and now has trouble opening up to them or being open and free. Of course, this applies in reverse gender cases as well. Um, it's just really hard to write that as a gender neutral sentence. I tried. It became nonsensical. So from the other side, there may be guilt or shame attached to the past and attached to the act of sex itself, even now when it's performed in the proper context of a monogamous marriage. But this guilt or shame can manifest itself in a variety of ways. And for others, they... Uh, for others, they can simply embrace their forgiven nature and manage to move forward with little or no impact. So, in short, I can't guess what co- sort of impact this history has on your marriage, but I do think it's wise to recognize that there is a distinct possibility that there is some impact. And being aware of that possibility and choo- choosing to act in accordance with your decision to forgive and show grace on both ends can help uh, mitigate some of those potentially negative effects. And that's about all I can say about it without more information. Uh, I don't really have a whole lot to go on here because it's only a couple sentences in the question. Uh, But if you want to shoot me an email, uh, I'm more than willing to talk through it a bit, uh, or I can recommend a counselor or a therapist if you want to dig deeper into that. All right, next question is on premature ejaculation. So this person wrote, having sex with my wife is wonderful, so wonderful that I orgasm fast. I would like to last longer. I'm just above average size down there, but she's so small it feels so good, perhaps too good. Uh, I've tried numerous things, kegel exercises, thinking about baseball and all the secular, and all the things the secular outlets say. Uh, We have sex one to two times per week, and I would love more, and I think it would help me last longer, but schedules in life don't allow for more. What is your recommendation for lasting longer, tired of being a three-pump chump? So I actually have an entire post on premature ejaculation. Uh, I'll link to it in the show notes. Uh, I do want to point out, though, that if you watch porn, That's a common side effect. And we find that a lot of people who have trouble with premature ejaculation, they are also having trouble with porn. So something to be aware of and uh, cut out of your life if it's in your life. 
The next question is about uh, bondage. So this person writes, My wife and I send spicy texts to each other on occasion. One particular text exchange, she mentioned something about me tying her up and having my way with her. No violent acts or anything. I looked up some Christian sex toy stores, and none of them have anything with tying up. I know when she and I aren't into bondage, but would maybe do this playfully with restraints, restraints she could get out easily if she chose. Is this something that we should should look into for fun or is it way too taboo for a Christian marriage? So uh, I got a little confused here because you say you're not into bondage, but you're looking at exploring this and uh, bondage is tying somebody up. So if you are talking about getting in, talking about tying someone else, then you are talking about getting into bondage. Uh, I personally don't think there's anything wrong with it. Uh, in fact, I have two posts on this topic. One is called, uh, My Wife Wants Me to Tie Her Up, with an exclamation mark and a question mark, because uh, I find a lot of people kind of get this from their spouses, that they're, uh, especially wives, They seem to, a lot of them seem to want to be tied up. Not all of them, but uh, it seems to go that way more than the other way. Um, the other one is on beginner bondage questions because a whole bunch of people had questions uh, when I wrote the previous post. So now if you're looking for kind of bondage without bondage, then I have another post on honor bondage, which is basically you just hold your arms as if you were tied up and you are told you're not allowed to move, but you don't actually have to tie them. As for the stores, um, some of them disagree with the practice and other try to hide certain items so that they're more sensitive customers won't be offended. For example, uh, MarriedDance.com, which I link to a lot and mention, uh, they have an under-the-bed restraint sh- system, but you can only find it through search uh, or if you have a direct link, which I've, I'll link to in the, sh- in the podcast. Sorry, in the show notes. Uh, if you search for things like cuffs or rope, you might be able to find some other interesting items on their sites. But yeah, just browsing through the catalog, you you won't find them because they tend to hide some of the edgier things. Uh, you can also just buy some simple cotton rope from Amazon, which I'll put a link to one as well. Uh, and they're great for bondage at a reasonable price. Uh, but if you're looking just to experiment a bit, I'd suggest simply using an old tie or a scarf. Uh, that way you don't have to buy anything. You can try it out and decide whether or not you like it and then move from there. Um, you could start just by like looping them over their wrists rather than tying them. And if you actually want to start try- trying to tie them, then uh, please learn how to tie knots that don't slip. Because if you do, you might actually pinch a nerve or cut off blood flow. And then you get into those dangerous things that you, you need to... There's a bit of a step in knowledge, which I suggest checking out those two posts because I get into some of those things. Our next question starts with, I love my wife so much, but our sex life is bland, boring, and far between for me. How do I tell her that I want more variety and more sex in general? It isn't a sexless marriage, but we have sex about three to four times a month. For many, that's a lot, but I want more. I think she wants more also. But we work hard and are tired a lot. So when we do have sex, it's mainly about getting an orgasm and that's it. We both orgasm just fine. I would just like to have better orgasms and more fun in bed. Help. Also, we aren't into toys, but we could definitely add some fun items to our sex time. Any suggestions to really get the juices flowing? So I'd say the first thing would be to have an open, honest conversation about your sexual relationship. Uh, If you say you think she wants more also, 
but you don't know, that means you're not talking about it, which tends to be fairly common. I find that a lot of couples, they have sex, but they don't talk about the fact that they have sex. And uh, a lot of times, both spouses are kind of unhappy with sex. They either want more or more adventurous or whatever, but because they don't talk about it, they just kind of put up with what they have. So I think a lot of couples are kind of having mediocre sex when both spouses want to have better sex. So I would say something simple like, can we talk about our sex life? Uh, I love everything that we're doing, and I'm wondering if you'd be interested in trying new things and possibly increasing our frequency. You know, that's not accusatory. It's not saying they're doing anything wrong. It affirms that you like sex with her while also conveying that you're up for more, but you'd like to know what she thinks. If she answers positively, then then there are lots of ideas. You can check out our uh, Spice Star on our site, which is a printable that helps shake things up. Uh, it's pretty light and easygoing and kind of plays out like a game. So it, it's an easy way to kind of dip your toe into some new, exciting, uh, alternative things, and you don't have to use toys. Alternatively, if you want something a little bit more serious that will definitely get you to talk about sex and figure out what you're both open to exploring, I'd suggest checking out our sex exploration list. Uh, it's much bigger and more involved. It's not a game. It's more like a workbook. Um, but if you go through those worksheets, you should come out with a list of things that you can try that you currently doing to, as you said, get the juices flowing. Next question is, my wife and I have been married for a few years, and I, just recently I've realized that she has destroyed my self-esteem and confidence. She routinely says things to me in a joking way, but really hurts my feelings. She also said that she doesn't really need to have sex, but she could go a long time without it. She sleeps with a pillow between us saying she doesn't know what to do with it. We still have sex, but it's not all that great. It just feels like she wants me to finish so that she can go about her day or go to sleep. I'm at the point that I don't even want to try to initiate because it feels like she doesn't want to be in that moment anyways. And I need her to want to be there with me. She has also many times told me that she can't wait to have sex or give me oral, but never follows through with it. Because of this, I've recently had fantasies of fictional women just wanting me as I am, not even sexual fantasies. I'm feeling used and worthless. I don't understand why she would tease me with sex and not want to have sex. I keep clean in okay shape and don't complain much. I just don't understand. Alright, so I have two separate thoughts here. Uh, the first is that self-esteem is determined by no one but yourself. Now, there are outside factors that can sway it, but ultimately it's up to you to choose to either let those those things influence or not. Uh, powerful people tend to choose for themselves what they think of themselves. It's the powerless people that tend to let other people determine what you believe about yourself. So this entire question kind of screams powerless. So I, I don't want to sound uncompassionate. I understand the struggle and how hard it is not to let other people influence your thoughts, especially your spouse. Um, most of us are raised as powerless people. But at some point, it's time to kind of wake up and grow up. And I'm hoping this is enough of a kick in the pants to get you started. Uh, I, I'd highly recommend a book called Keep Your Love On by Danny Silk. Uh, I'll link to it in the show notes. And... Uh, that that book kind of expands that concept a lot more and kind of helps you get started. Another thing powerful people do to address conflicts in their lives is to uh, meet it head on and set clear, healthy boundaries uh, to protect themselves. 
So I'd have a clear conversation with your wife, uh, explaining to her that the way she conducts herself regarding this is having a negative impact on both your personal well-being and your marriage, and that her words are eroding your trust in her and making it difficult to choose to love her. Um, you can ask her to work with you to rebuild your relationship and your marriage. As for sex, sex I'm seeing the same sort of powerlessness in, in what you write there. Uh, if she puts a pillow in between you and says, I don't know what to do with it, you just say, I do. And you pick it up and throw it on the floor. And, you know, uh, just be more assertive, be more confident. But when you said, you know, that she has many times told you that she can't wait to have sex or give you oral, but now never follows through with it, I'm thinking that maybe you, you never follow through with it. You know, she's offering and you never took her up on it. So most likely she's considered this an initiation and then you dropped the ball on your end by not assertively accepting it when the opportunity arose. Um, the other possibility is that people tend to feel more aroused in the morning because their testosterone levels are higher. So they might have ideas in the morning that like, oh, I would like to do this. I have an idea of this, you know, some thought pops into their head. And then by the time they get to bed, um, that's when your free testosterone is the lowest. And it's a lot harder to initiate at that point. Um, for some of them, they're just not thinking about sex anymore. Or even if they are, it's just hard to like, um, yeah, make yourself uh, initiate and actually invest in it. So it could be that uh, earlier in the day, she's she wants to and she's in the mood and later on the day she's just it's out of her head and you're going to be have to be the one that initiates on the other hand it could be that she's just teasing you and being cruel uh in which case uh you need to learn to set up boundaries to stop this from hurting you uh for that one i'd suggest the book boundaries and marriage by henry cloud which i'll also link to um all in all, I think you need to take back some pow- some power in your marriage. It sounds like you've kind of given it all to her. And from my experience and working with many couples over the years, um, most women hate having that much power. Um, they'll take it if you give it to them, um, and then they'll resent you for it. And it sounds like that might be what's going on. She has too much power in this, and you have given yourself or reserved none of it for yourself. Our next question is... Hey, Jay, I had an idea recently and wanted to get your opinion on whether or not it was a good one or see if you had any ideas to improve this idea. My wife and I are both in our early 30s. We've been married for almost eight years and have a baby here at home. My question is in regards to my birthday. I've gotten to the point where I really don't care about my birthday. I don't want a lot of presents or fanfare or anything, but it would be nice to have a fun night or weekend getaway with my wife. In lieu of any presents, here's the idea I have. What do you think of me giving my wife about 100 to $150 to spend on lingerie to wear? Obviously, my motives are selfish here because this would, have, would in effect be a present for me, but it could also be for her as well. She doesn't have a lot of lingerie and doesn't really care so much about it, but I love it. In the eight years we've been married, though, there, there's an aspect of it that she hasn't really cared for. Do you think this would be insulting? Just like her thinking that I don't find her sexy enough as is. I really do find her very sexy. I just think this would be a fun challenge for the bedroom. I know that in the big scheme of things, this isn't a huge issue like some others, but I would be interested to hear your thoughts on the idea and see if you have any other fine ideas to spice things up. Uh, And then he said he's already gotten the coupons and the spice jar items, and they're great. Awesome. 
So hopefully I get this out before your birthday. I have no idea when it is. Uh, I tend to be the same way about my birthday. I don't care for a whole lot of fanfare. I don't care for a big party. Um, so, and for the laundry thing, I've actually done this before. Uh, and I posed the question on our supporters group. Um, both the husbands and the wives thought it was a good idea. Uh, most of the women said they thought it would be fa- flattering. So one suggestion I'd make personally is that um, don't give her cash. Give her a gift card to the store that exclusively sells lingerie. Um, what I did last time was give her extra so she could buy some functional items as well, like pajamas. Um, otherwise, she's still likely to buy some, and it'll cut into the lingerie amount. And uh, you also have to make sure that she has time to do it. Uh, if you have kids, then say, you know, I'm going to take the kids for this day for this many hours you go shopping take as much time as you need kind of thing um and uh you also have to realize that it it may take her a bit to work up the courage to do it um it may not be done for your birthday and if you pout or throw a fit about it then it's probably never going to happen so give her time um as for other ideas, uh, if you like the Spice Star, then I'd suggest checking out our Sexy Memory game. Uh, it's, a, it's a bit different, still fun, uh, but it brings up different things in a different dynamic. And uh, yeah, if you like the others, then you probably enjoy that one too. All right, we've got five questions to go. Uh, number eight is, what should I do when I'm sex- sexually unsatisfied and I want to stop trying? I'm tired of being rejected in the bedroom. I want to stay married because I love my wife, but I'm tired of trying and always hearing no. Having grown up being teased by my older sister and parents, I'm pretty sensitive to it. My wife also teases me sometimes, but it's normally it's all in fun. I can dish it back. However, in the last few months, she has teased me with sex. Like she will tell me she can't wait to give me oral or have intercourse and then not follow through with you, not follow through with it and make an excuse. I know I'm being too sensitive, but how should I approach this? We've talked and I've told her how I feel. Last time she teased me, I told her that you better follow through with it, and she said, "Oh, that's right. If I don't follow through, then I'm a bad wife." Since she said that, I've been pretty mad. Uh, but not showing her that. I kind of just do about it. Anyways, this is driving me crazy. I'm focusing too much on this, and it's really hurting my feelings. I have no idea what to do now. I've voiced my concerns to her. I've set up some boundaries, but I feel... But all I feel is depressed that she somehow fills her love cup by doing this, and I am left empty. Thanks. So this sounds a lot like the question that we had earlier, uh, question number six. If you haven't already, I would say go back and read or listen to that answer. Uh, I'm curious about how you responded to the her when she said, oh, that's right, if I don't follow through, then I'm a bad wife. I wonder if you what would happen if you had said something like, well, it's not good behavior when you tease me with sex and then don't follow through. You would erode our trust. You erode the trust in our relationship and my personal feelings towards you. You know, that you're using something God has created as a method of bonding a husband and a wife together and keeping them in love and instead are using it as a weapon doing the work of Satan and driving us apart. You know, I doubt she'd see that quite as humorously. It's a lot harder to laugh off. But it's also very serious and to the point, and it's how you feel. So there's a good chance she's going to get angry, but that would likely be her being convicted by her ang- actions, and that's an uncomfortable feeling. Uh, it's a lot easier to get angry than to repent, so most people get angry first and then repent later when they've calmed down a bit. 
But when I hear things like, I want to stay married or I don't want to get divorced, at this point, you're already thinking about breaking the marriage. So what is there to lose? Like, you might as well um, say how you feel and tell her this is what the effect that you're having on the marriage is. Um, you might as well get her angry in the hopes of change. You said you set up boundaries, but I'm curious also what sort of boundaries you've set up. Because it doesn't sound like they're set right if it's still hurting you as much as it is. A lot of people say they set up boundaries, but uh, it usually the boundaries they set up, they've either missed the point or, um, or the boundaries are just set up in the wrong way. All right, next question says, thank you for the great webpage, Jay. Love it. My question has to do with something my husband has requested. He wants to lick my anus. I'm shocked. Lick my what? Why do you want to do that? I checked on the web and it seems to be a common practice. Can you give your thoughts on this? It seems to be way over the top for me. So first off, I'm thrilled you love the webpage. That's awesome. Uh, that's why we do this. Uh, so yes, this is becoming more of a common practice. I have a post on rimming, which I'll link to, and a survey on anal play that included a question on rimming, which I'll also link to. As well, uh, I posted your question on our um, supporters forum, and the first response uh, from one of the wives was, she doesn't know what she's missing, dot, dot, dot. And that got seconded by another wife. Uh, she also shared that she was surprised by how much she liked it and that having a shower first helped make her feel more comfortable about it. As for the why, uh, the generally stems from two things. Uh, number one is that it's taboo, which is often exciting, gets your dopamine flowing, everything. The second is that he probably thinks that you'll enjoy it, which is also exciting to him. As for why you might enjoy it, if you can get out of your head about it and uh, kind of get over that mental block, um, the clitoris or clitoris or clit or however you want to pronounce it uh, has about 7,000 nerve endings, I believe, uh, which is why everything feels good there. Uh, I believe around the anus there's something like 2,500, which is still quite a bit. Um, there are some people that can orgasm just from rimming. So it's not kind of completely out of the question that you might enjoy. Now, that said, if you're really uncomfortable with the idea, then you don't have to let him do it. You can always table it for now and uh, or discuss it again in a few months or years and see if your thoughts and feelings have changed. Or if it's a hard no, then simply telling them that. But considering you're researching and asking questions, I'm guessing that's not the case. Or you could try it once and then decide, to decide once you've experienced it. Uh, there's kind of lots of options there. Hope that helps. All right, next question is, Hey, Jay, I have this question that is difficult to put into words, but I'll try. So my wife and I have been married for almost three years. At first, the sex was great, and often it has dwindled down now, but a substantial bit. And we do have sex. When we do have sex, it isn't that good. I find myself tempted to look at women in pictures and in real life when they are walking by. I'm very attracted to my wife, and she's beautiful, in my head, I have a voice that tells me to go ahead and look because your wife won't give it to you anyways. My wife rarely dresses up and doesn't put any effort to look the best she can. I still think she's beautiful even when she first wakes up in the morning. What can I do to not be this way? I don't want to be that guy that leers at other women. I don't want to be the guy who is half a second from looking up women online. I hope this is easy to understand. My brain is spinning just thinking about it all. All right, so... 
two issues here that I can see. The first is what's going on in your marriage. So what is the reason for sex reducing in quantity and quality? I, you know, I wonder if you've talked about it. And I don't mean argued. I mean had a rational, civil, adult conversation about it. Now, improving the frequency and caliber of sex will help with the temptation, which is the second issue. Uh, I think spouses have a duty to each other that to do their best to keep the other from temptation. We have the verse in 1 Corinthians 7, verse 5, that says, Do not deprive one another except with with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So basically, uh, Paul knew that if you don't have sex frequently, then there's there's the potential for a loss of self-control there. The temptations will get stronger. However, just because that responsibility is shared doesn't mean that your responsibility alone is any less. You know, math and marriage doesn't follow logical patterns. Just as like, you know, one plus one equals one, then one minus one equals one as well. That is, even if your spouse isn't helping you to defend against temptation, that doesn't in any way diminish your responsibility to not give it a foothold in your mind or fall prey to it. So what can you do? So The first thing is to have a conversation with your spouse, talk about what's going on, be vulnerable. I'll let you decide how vulnerable you want to be. Ideally, you have a wife who you can say anything to and she'll feel compassion and conviction to help you. Uh, But there is a percentage of women and men who will get very angry at this because they will feel convicted and not be willing to deal with it. Uh, they'll see the vulnerability and decide to hit you there instead uh, of trying to help you because it feels safer than admitting that they have some changes to make themselves. For some, sharing too much will be a relationship ender, so kind of choose wisely. Secondly, you need to take care of your own mind. You know, recognize that this voice that when you wrote this thing, in my head I have a voice that tells me to go ahead and look because your wife won't give it to you anyways. That voice is coming from Satan. You know, I wrote a post on the subject of looking at other women, which I'll link to in the show notes. Other than that, um, I would say follow Christ's example. You know, he dealt with temptation by knowing and then leaning on and quoting scripture. He pointed back to God's intent with everything rather than the desires he was tempted with. Um, this may be an opportunity for you to dig into your Bible better and improve your relationship with God. Uh, spend more time in prayer with him. All right. Our second last question is simply, why did my husband masturbate to his friend's wife's picture? Honestly, I have no idea. I, I don't have much to go on here. But regardless of the reason, it's wrong and it needs a serious conversation that involves you sharing how it makes you feel and asking what is wrong with the marriage, if anything, from his perspective that is contributing to him acting out in this marriage or what you can do to help him overcome this temptation and possibly setting up some healthy boundaries to protect him, yourself, and your marriage. And by this, I don't mean to say that, you know, it's your fault or anything like that, but as I read above um, in the 1 Corinthians 7 verse 5 uh, verse, uh, we do have an obligation to help our spouses with temptation, I think. And so there's a difference between blame and responsibility. Uh, it Frankly, I don't care whose fault it is. Uh, I care about whose responsibility it is and what each of you can do to uh, move your marriage forward. Um, so 
ideally, uh, it would be him saying, hey, I have this problem, can you help me with this? But if he's not doing that, then I would say you step towards him and say, hey, I noticed you're having this problem, how can I help you with it? All right, last question. So this person writes, I'm kind of at a loss here. I'm tired of this situation. Sometimes I work odd hours, and the only normal hours I have are Friday and Saturday nights. My wife of three years will get in bed on Saturday night with me and then proceed to look at her phone for at least an hour. I've asked her not to do that, but she says she needs time to relax. No matter what I say about it being counterintuitive and actually won't help her relax, she still does it. What all this means is that there's no intimacy on these nights. Then when I get to go about my week with odd hours, there will be no chance of intimacy for at least seven days. It very much hurts my feelings that she does this, and I've expressed it to her. Still no change. All I really want is to cuddle and be together without me having to compete with an inanimate object. Not sure I can go much longer like this. I really have no idea what to do. I have thought about turning off the Wi-Fi and not allowing her to be able to surf the internet, but that would just tick her off and would still have no chance. I feel like I'm in a corner with no hope of getting out of it. So, yeah, I think turning off the Wi-Fi would be treating her as a child rather than a partner, and that's probably not a good way to go. Um, so there are a couple things that could be going on here. The first is that she may be just using it as an excuse to avoid sex. Figuring out if that's the case requires an open, honest, and vulnerable conversation, like I say with almost every question, about the state of your marriage and sex in particular. I find that many women and wives have uh, this idea that they just, if they aren't in the mood for sex, then they should avoid it. Um, and just because they know they shouldn't say no, they consciously or unconsciously find things to throw in the way. This, combined with the fact that most women have responsive sex drives, leads them to think that they should avoid sex most of the time. So this uh, need to relax might just be a ploy, uh, and it might be one she doesn't recognize herself. Uh, she may have rationalized it to the point that she believes it. So one suggestion might be to offer her a massage instead. After all, if all she wants to relax is to relax, then massages are relaxing. They also have the potential for triggering, triggering that responsive desire and transitioning into sex. As well, uh, instead of it being, I don't want you to look at your phone, it's an invitation to intimacy. Telling someone that you don't want them to do something automatically raises their defenses, but an invitation to do something generally makes the brain first think about accepting. Now, if you don't know how to give a decent massage, uh, there's a guy, Dennis, who runs a company called Melt over at couplesmassagecourses.com that I'll link to. Um, he actually has full courses uh, that you can watch online um, of how to massage uh, your spouse. Uh, he, yeah, he does them specifically for couples. Uh, he's also coming up with a Father's Day uh, promo, which I'm still trying to get the details on and figuring out. Um, he may have a special offer just for our readers because uh, Dennis and I, uh, we get along pretty well. So uh, he tends to give me some extra favor sometimes. Uh, so yeah, if you're interested in learning how to massage, um, stay tuned for that. Uh, but I'll link to his site in the meantime. The other possibility is that she's simply addicted to her phone and it's her go-to. So in her mind, it helps her relax, but that's really that she's just looking for that dopamine fix that she gets when she uses it. The truth is that using your phone at night is fairly disruptive to your sleep. Um, I linked to an article in the show notes uh, 
and maybe read it with your wife and suggest the challenge of um, that they have in the post about uh, no phones after 9 p.m. or whatever an hour and a half before bedtime is, uh, just for one week. You know, that's not too long for someone to go. Most people can manage to do something for a week. Uh, but it, you might be surprised at how much it changes your life, or she might be surprised, uh, hopefully pleasantly. If she doesn't go for any of those, uh, one of her supporters uh, suggested this. Uh, I'm just copying and pasting right out of uh, our support forum with her permission. Um, they wrote, here's one other possible move. If she's, if it's truly that painful for him, like the phone is an unwelcome third party in their marriage bed, he could simply say, darling, I love you and I want us to be close, but it's too painful for me to lay here each night each night as you choose your phone over connection with me. As long as you're doing that, I'm going to sleep in another room. The key is to make it about his choice. She's totally free to continue choosing her phone, but she can't expect him to be there waiting for her with a smile on his face. It must also be done without a punitive tone or manipulative motive. So this is definitely more risky, but it also shows the seriousness of the situation from your perspective, which I sort of doubt is being picked up on by her. So that's one way that you could set down a boundary and say, look, if you're continuing to uh, ignore our marriage in favor of your phone, then I'm going to start, I'm going to take a physical step that shows kind of the emotional separation that is already occurring. So there's a few things that you can try. Uh, Hopefully one of them work. Uh, If not, shoot me an email. We'll see if we can brainstorm some other ideas. So that's it for this round of questions. If you have a question you'd like to have answered, you can email me at j at uncoveringintimacy.com and then we can have kind of a back and forth discussion about it if you like. Or if you prefer, you can submit it anonymously at our Have a Question page. There's a link in the show notes. And that way... uh, I don't have to know who you are. You can just submit it anonymously, but then I can't have any back and forth and get more information. So uh, please put as much detail as you think is appropriate in there. Uh, That's it for now. Talk to you next time.